Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Uh, we are super excited. This is episode nine. And, episode uh, nine. We mentioned in episode eight that we're going to be discussing this idea between control and surrender. The last four episodes, we've been kind of doing this comparing Yeah, we got and regret contrast. and discipline, and yeah. we got, uh, what was last week's? Uh, that was um, urgent versus yeah, yeah, yeah. Urgent the important. versus the important, mm-hmm. and then like surrender and control. Yep. Or control and surrender is a better way to say it. Yep. Where, way it kind of lays out is you've got sort of a the a sinful tendency that we're talking about in the beginning part of it. Yep. Um, and I said that very lightly. It's probably heavier than that. And then you've got more of a a, a godly approach, right? And even yep. a godly requirement, really. What um, we're really trying to do is say, here's the really dark part. But then here's the light part and trying to show you the beauty between the contrast. Yeah, for sure. Hey, and look, we also we also added a new part to the to the podcast that you may not be aware of. <laughs> it's a new uh, feature. It's a new feature, or it's new to me at least. Um, there is a spot where you're listening where you can make um, the podcast go fast, like you wanted to get get through it quick because you don't like what we're talking about, or you like to hear me sound like a chipmunk or something. Um, you probably know about that feature. We talked about that a long time ago. However. There is one where you can listen to it slower. Yes. And me and my kids did this, and they all um, almost died of laughter. We almost wrecked the car. It was so funny (laughs) because um, I I sound insanely drunk if you do it. And I mean, it's not just slowed down either. It's not just that that the speed slowed. It just has a slur to my words. I mean, I sound drunk. And so you can go listen mm. to it. It's hilarious. Hilarious. There was this part. Let me see if I can duplicate it. There was this part where it was like we were pick, we were joking, doing that joke about the we got six listeners or something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we got like six people. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. My kids were losing their minds. And you can hear Graham that way too, but he doesn't sound as drunk. No. We already tested it out. And then um, at the very beginning of the podcast, in the end, you'll hear sort of a voiceover that we have from uh, one of our uh, staff members. Her name's Chloe. She's got a great voice. Um, she does not sound drunk at all when you speed, when you slow her down. But me, I sound like I'm on the bottle. So uh, it's pretty funny <laughs> if you want to try it. so I need to go t- try it out myself. That's the I'm only way you're going to hear me drunk, so you might as well do it. So, yeah. so you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, a new feature. Yeah, I should listen to the whole rest of the podcast like this. Yeah, just you'll, the whole thing. You'll more of your day, but you'll have a great yeah, time. Yeah, it'll take it four times as long, but you'll laugh more. So, yeah, check it out. That's it. Yep. Uh, so today, again, we're going to be getting into this idea of control because we tend as humans want to have control. We see yeah. that continually throughout the Absolutely. scripture. The garden, a lot, tons in the Old Testament, tons in the New Testament. Um, all our yeah. sinfulness roots back to yeah. control. We'll get to that, you know, but don't like, all right, so let's, we're talking control first. Let's talk through that. Those of you listening right now, please do not pretend like you are not a control freak in some area of your life. Like, I can't stand being around folks who say, Oh, I don't do that, except for in this one particular case, right? Because I guess that means that you do it, doesn't you it? Are one. You are one if you say that. And so let's don't pretend you're not a control freak. And so first off, I will just be the first one to raise my hand and admit, hey, 
My name is Adam Cook, and I am yeah, a control freak, right? <laughs> so I, I, um, in going through all these ideas about control and thinking through the ways that I want to control things in my life, my um, summation of where I am in this is that I like to control virtually everything that I could possibly control, if I'm real honest, that I really am into controlling things. If I had to pick one thing that I am a f- control freak about, and it's damaging, it's not healthy, even though I like to pretend it is, is time. I am a control freak when it comes to time. I know what time it is at all times. I'm always estimating how long it will take to do each little piece of anything that's going on. And then I'll project that control freak time part onto my wife and my children and people I work with, but specifically my wife and children. So I'm constantly, you know, going, well, you need to leave right now or you're not going to be on time or you need to do this faster. Or you're not going to be on time or, you know, there's this constant, I've, I've always got to control the time. And it has been, it's been a really, you know, on a sinful surface, I would say, yeah. And that's, you need to be like that. You need to, you know, we all tend to do that with the things we control. We're like, yeah, I'm doing it right. And you should be, you should be that way too. Because being conscious of time has definitely been a positive thing in my life. It's a good quality, but I'm talking about, it doesn't ever just stay as just conscious of time. It, it, it turns into something that I'm constantly kind of trying to control. And, and it's all, it always ends up bad. It always ends up with, uh, it increases my anxiety, you know, it puts pressure on myself. It puts pressure on other people. Um, there's always this expectation um, that I can't ever seem to meet. You know, it, it creates these really weird nuances in my life because I'm trying to control this thing. And let's face it, like ultimately, what control do I really have over time? I mean, none at all. But I can recall multiple moments. I mean, not, I'm not talking about not that long ago where I'm in the middle of something that is important, like we talked about last episode, and all I'm worried about is what time it is. You know, all I'm concerned with is what time it is, and that means uh, this is going on and this is going on, and then that's going to be off track for here, and then everything's going to be wrong. And so I'm constantly trying to control how much time it takes to do something or, you know, pushing that on to other people or myself. It's just been a nightmare. So everybody has areas in their life that they are control freaks. Like some of you listening right now, you are a house control freak. You have to control your home and everything has to have its right little place. And if it doesn't have its right little place, you lose your mind, right? And so those moms and dads are in this category and you're a home control freak. If you vacuum your floor and the lines on the vacuum lines have to be exactly right, you're a home control freak. If you mow your yard and the lines from your mowing yard have to be perfect, you're a, you're a control freak, right? And so you're trying to control your home in that way. And we've all got those things. And then, you know, a damaging one is people control freaks, where you're trying to control other people all the time. That, of course, can get extremely damaging. But just like from a from just a, a an example of it that might not be exactly right, but let's say you're, if your kids don't do it exactly right, um, if they're not dressed exactly right, if they don't do their, their hair, or their teeth, or their clothes, or it doesn't match perfectly, you lose your mind. Or if your spouse is not exactly how you want them to be, the people you interact with, you lose your mind. You're, you're a control freak, and your control stuff tends to come out with people. Um, you know, and, and that's not good. You know, we, we've actually seen some examples of this in recent pop culture. Some of you listening to this are going to know what I'm talking about, um, but if you don't – if you don't watch 
having to control little, every little aspect of your children, you're going to turn into Aunt Becky from Full House and end up in federal prison. That's what happened to her. Like she was, she and her husband Massimo, Massimo, uh, <laughs> it's funny to say Massimo, but I say it because, you know, you all have at some point in your life probably bought something from Target that had Massimo on it. He was a big designer. And so they were, you know, controlling all these pieces of how their children were going to enter school and college. And I'm not making fun of their situation. That was a joke because it's Aunt Becky from Full House. But, yeah. you know, the, you're you're if if you're doing those things like that, then you're there. There's a control issue that's happening. Um, and my tendency, I'll just be honest, my tendency is to try to control a lot of stuff, lots of things. You know, um, trying to control what people say and think and do, and trying to control how people see me and time. And um, let's Lord, let's don't forget the remote control. You know, at the house, I'm a, I'm I'm managing that remote control. Right, I gotta I gotta hold that remote control. I gotta be in charge of that remote control because I'm the only one that knows how to really work the remote control, which is not true at all. Um, but you know, we've all got areas in our life that we are we have a tendency to try to exert control over things that we really don't have control over, or we have no no business trying to control them in the first place. And it's a really big hurdle. It's a really big issue in our lives because the act of trying to control something that's not ours to control is a reflection of a really big spiritual problem. So, so if you've got anything in your life, which you will, that you try to control, that you don't have any business trying to control it, we've just seen a glimpse into your soul. I've given you mine. We've seen a glimpse into your heart of an extremely large spiritual problem. And that stream, extremely large spiritual problem is the spiritual problem that we have had as human beings since day one. It has been we are trying to be God. That's 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 what you're seeing. Now, you can get mad at me and you can be like, no, I don't believe that just because I'm trying to control what time it is or if I'm trying to control whether my kids look right in the morning that I'm trying to be like God. I, I hear you. I hear you. But let me push back on you. Um, if you really look deeply at it and you look deeply at an area where you're obsessively trying to control something, and I think everybody has one, what you will see is on some level, at least with that action, with that, with that one thing. Strip it all away, strip all the emotions away, just go with the facts. You're trying to be God in that moment where you have ultimate say and authority on how something should be done, and it all starts and stops with you. That's a big spiritual problem. That's that problem of us trying to be like God. And that's the problem we've had since the beginning. That's the problem that, that all of our all of our sinfulness sort of roots back to that issue of wanting to lead our own lives, right? Looking at the God of the universe who's done all this for us, giving us all these things, and wanting to be in charge and lead our own stuff. And and it, it just shows this kind of bigger spiritual issue that's happening. Yeah. You say it's pride? Definitely. Absolutely. Um Maybe a, maybe the better one to say it, but it's, it's all the same, right? Um, pride and idolatry are almost the exact same thing. You know, so um, pridefulness, idolatry, what's happening there is someone else other than the preeminent father is calling the shots or is sitting on the throne of your life. And so it becomes an idol. It becomes in charge. It becomes important, right? It, it becomes the the thing that you are effectively think of idolatry effectively worshiping mm -hmm. and so um you 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 have this pride thing going on where you think i'm good 
I'm the best. I got this. I understand this the most, which is then creating an idol of something being in charge and, and getting your worship more than God is supposed to. So it all kind of roots back to that. Well, wow. and that's for sure in my life. I mean, it's all a, it's all a pride thing. When I think about the things that I like to control, it's all me thinking I got it going on, and I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, and I pay more attention to detail than you. And at the same time, it's me worshiping time. Like I, I've had God really hammer me that. I don't know for, for the last several years, more so than any before. I mean, he's he's always been on me about that idol in my life. Um, but over the last few years, it's definitely come to come to head more where the Holy Spirit's really working on me about you can't worship these things. And if they are if they are the utmost important thing going on, it's that's worship, right? And so you can't worship these things. But it's definitely I've seen it play out for sure. It causes a lot of pride and it causes roots down to idolatry. Hmm. Biblically, are there any examples that we can pull out of the Bible? Yeah, so um, there's a couple of verses. We'll hit one. Let's hit one this week, and we'll yeah. hit one next week. Cool. Um, that you, you know, the, the word is is instructing you that it's not going to ever be good for you if you try to be in control. It's not ever going to work because you got to remember. Same thing that we kind of talked about last week is that God is in control, right? He is. He is number one. He's ruling it all. He's preeminent, even if you don't want him to be. And it's never going to go good for you ever. If you're not, if you're not putting him in that spot, right? So, um, there's a lot of verses that are talking through and giving us instruction on why that's important. And so, they often tend to be. Here's what's funny about that too. Both of these will be this one this week and next week. They often tend to be verses that we quote a lot, but they're extremely difficult in actually doing. And so, we tend to know them. Like so, here, here's one. It's, it's this Proverbs uh, chapter three. Um, verse five and six, which you're going to recognize from many t-shirts, tons of t-shirts, tons of nice little, uh, signs that somebody brought at a Christian bookstore and they put in their house. And Thomas Kincaid made a photo where all the, uh, windows are glowing because he's really cool and how he does that light stuff. And so, you know, Christian artists really love this stuff. And Proverbs three, uh, five and six are taught a lot too. They're referenced a lot. And, you know, Proverbs is that book of uh, wisdom that we get from King Solomon. And so if you're someone right now who's looking for, maybe you're, this is a side note, but you're you're struggling with what to read in the Bible, um, read Proverbs in the morning when you get up because it gives you, you know, instruction for how to live. And then read Psalms at night because it's a sort of a, there's some lamenting that happens in Psalms. There's worship that's happening in Psalms. It's almost like a, a prayerful lullaby. At night, and so Proverbs in the morning, Psalms at night, and they're right beside each other in the Old Testament. And what's cool about both of those books, especially Psalms, is that if you kind of open up your paper Bible and you turn directly to the middle, you're almost always going to hit Psalms. So it's pretty easy to find. But anyway, Proverbs three, five, and six um, is that scripture. I'll read it in just a second, but just just to say it out loud is the whole uh, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, you know, with everything that you have. Do not don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to Him. Right, and so I'll read it for real because Adam Cook version wasn't very good. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. How hey, did good on that part? But in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So you can't lean on your understanding. 
In other words, you're not in control. Your level of understanding is not good. It is finite. That's what the scripture is telling you. The Proverbs reader is telling you here with, with years of wisdom that your knowledge is finite. His is infinite. And so you don't lean on what you understand, what you know. You surrender it all to God. That idea of surrender, that idea of trusting in the Lord with all your heart is this picture of you being completely in his hands. And so if you're in his hands, who has control? You don't. That's the picture. And so you're letting him be completely in control. You're not leaning on your own part here. And you're, and you're giving the Lord, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So you can't just leave one part out. So you can't sit here and argue with me right now and be like, no, it's okay for me to be obsessed about the lines in my yard and get freaked out and mad because I can control that part. No, it says your whole heart. So it says everything. And then don't lean on your own understanding. It can't be what you're about. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he makes your path straight. And so in every way, you've got to acknowledge him. And then when you do that, there's this great thing that happens that he actually makes your path straight. He actually makes them go where they need to go. Instead of, I think, when we, when we look at our own understanding, when we lean on that, when we try to control, we're dict- dictating our path, and it's definitely not going where it needs to go. That's kind of what the Scripture is talking about here. And so um, that, that word, acknowledge, what's cool about that word, acknowledge, is it's actually the word that's also translated submit. And so that submit part there, or acknowledge, um, means to know but it means to know on like an intimate level. So it's the same word that's used all the way back in Genesis when we talk about Adam and Eve knowing each other. You know what I mean? Like knowing each other. This is an adult podcast. Knowing each other. You know what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. It's, that it's an intimate knowing, right? So an, an intimate awareness and an intimate knowing. And so when we acknowledge, when we submit, it's in an intimate way where we're saying, I'm vulnerable, and I'm trusting, and I'm okay letting go with the things that I want to control and being vulnerable in your hands. And when you do that, that's that act of surrender that we're talking about. When you do that, he's the one that's going to make your paths straight, not us. So it's not us controlling the outcome, not us controlling and dictating where we're going, but it's him. That verse is saying we know him intimately, and he makes our path straight. In other words, we're not in control. He's in control. Yeah. And there's so many nuggets of wisdom throughout the scriptures that point to that. But that's a that's a really good one because what's happening what's happening for us is there is this with control with us is there's this cycle of fear that's happening all the time. The more we try to control, the more we feel we 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 fear like we're going to lose control. Because that's what we're doing. We're trying to grab control because and then we start to fear like we're going to lose control more. The, the more that we're afraid of losing control, the more we try to control. And you just see this vicious – you can't see me right now, but I'm doing this little circle sign, this little cycle sign, that you see this cycle of fear happening where, where I got to control it, so I'm going to keep controlling these things. And then we have this fear where I, I feel like I'm going to lo- – I can't lose control. I'm scared of losing control, right? So let me grab some more control from that. So I'm, I'm more afraid now of losing control, and so that makes me want to grab control more. What God, is, what God wants to do in our lives – is to get us off that cycle of fear wheel and understand that you're never going to get off of that. The more you control, the worse it's going to be for you, the more you're going to need to control. You're constantly going to be scared all the time of losing control. 
I want you to get off that hamster wheel, God's saying, and submit to me in an intimate way where you're vulnerable. You tell me what you're worried about, what you're scared about, you know, why you tend to control these things about time. What's the point? Where does it go? You know, like, what's the deepness to that? I mean, I spent a, I spent a, spent a whole lot of money in therapy to find out where my where my um, fear of losing control with time comes, you know, and it roots back to a very deep level with my childhood and certain pieces of being raised. Right. And so like anxieties that have been kind of, and I love my mom and dad, they're awesome, but placed on me by my mom, you know, those kind of things, right. There's a deeper thing there. And the Lord's saying, you can get off that hamster wheel and you can actually sit with me and you can still be vulnerable in the fact that these things scare you and I'll make your path straight, not you, because you can't really do it. You can't really make those things straight. And so the the big spiritual lesson that we need to understand is you will be tempted to take control when things don't go your way. It's a natural, sinful temptation. It's also part of the devil. It's part of the enemy's plan. It's to tempt you to take control when things don't go right. And so there's a natural sinfulness to us that makes us want to take control when things don't go exactly the way we want them to go. And we don't really ever even see this real well, I think, unless we can stop like right now and look back on it, that when things don't go the way we've seen them, we've planned them out, it makes us want to try to take control and do it in our own way, not in the Lord's way, right? So let's just say you're a young woman right now who is looking for, you're a young Christian woman who's looking for a young Christian man. And you've decided that you're not selling for one that's not and that you're, that's important to you, you're important to the Lord, that's what you're going for. And then you keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, you're 29, you're 30, your biological clock starts ticking, right? And then the first warm body that comes along who's half decent, you take him. Instead of actually waiting and letting the Lord lead you and do what you said. And so because things didn't go your way, you're tempted to take control and just do it another way to get your end game. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you, there's a cycle that happens where if it doesn't go my way, I'm tempted to take control. We all got to know that about ourselves. We've got to know that when things don't go our way, we're going to be tempted sinfully to take control. And what we have to do is lean back into what this verse is saying. Nope, nope, nope. The Lord's going to make my path straight. I can't lean on my own understanding in this moment and not try to take control of it. You know, it's hard. Would you say a lot of times I'll read verses like that and I instantly place my own human effort on a verse like that to apply it. So would it be, I don't know if you would agree with the phrase, the only way to submit to the Lord is by the power of the Lord or in other words, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You, You can't, you cannot do it on your own. That's what the verse is telling you, right? What the verse is really saying is you can't do this on your own, but I haven't left you. So you, you you don't have to do it on your own. You can't anyway, but you don't have to because I haven't left you. And that's that's the reason that that scripture is worded with acknowledgement, submission, knowing the Lord in an intimate way, because that's the only way you can accomplish it anyway. And so it's not like a to-do for you as much as it is a – uh, I need to sit in the Lord, right? And then he'll help me do these things. I can't just do them. So you can't just wake up and be like, you know what? 
I'm just going to submit to the Lord in all my ways right now. I'm just going to live in complete, total <clears throat> surrender, you know, and, and then I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to be surrendered. That's, that, that's not how it works. You've you got to, he, you're going to sit in him and he, by his power and help, he's going to help you. And then you're going to have to do what he tells you to do, right? You have to actually make some sort of action steps in that. And so the key is, is that, is that you've got to ask yourself that question, like what is, um, what is it that you're trying to control right now that you don't need to be? And don't, don't ask, you know, it's the same thing we said last week. Don't give me a list of 15 of them. That doesn't work. Right. But, you know, what, what was, what is something in your life that you're trying to control that you don't need to, what is that thing in your life that you're trying to, is it a person? Is it a place? Not a place. Is it a, is it a thing? It could be a place. It could be a workplace. It could be church. Hey, it could be a place. The Holy Spirit just got me just now. Um, anyway, personally, uh, it could be, um, it, it could be a circumstance. What are, what is it that you're trying to control? And then think through what that thing actually is so that you can go, all right, I need to know the Lord more and trust in him instead of this thing that I'm trying to control right now. Control, man, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is too far, but continuing in that cycle of fear that leads you to control one thing or more things more and more and more and over and over and over again leads to despair. It just leads to a horrible state of nothing's ever going to change. No matter how hard I work, I can't really control this thing that I'm trying to control. And it just leaves you almost hopeless. The Lord is saying, that's because it's you trying to do it. All right? It, it, there's nothing outside of my power. Everything has its place. And so if you'll lean into me and sit with me and know me intimately, then my wisdom will seep into you. And you'll be able to make those right decisions because the Lord is what's leading those paths, right? Making that path straight is a real important visual, um, especially for us in the light of this podcast we're talking about, because our visual that we're giving you is is that the path with the Lord, our walk with Jesus is a messy one, like a, what the analogy we've used is like a, uh, a pirate's treasure map. That's typically our walk. That's because there's so many moments where we start leaning on our own understanding, and that's when we go curved. And when we get straight to the treasure is when we lean into him and know him intimately so he can make those paths straight. It's a cool it's a cool picture for your brain to kind of think of, of those times where we're meandering. It's because we're trying to control, or if you want to say it a different way, we're not submitting to the lordship of God, of, of Jesus in all these little areas of our life, we're trying to control it. We're trying to, to dictate it ourselves. That's why we go off track. Every time we try to dictate what's going on, which is what control is, our path is crooked. And the picture that, the, that Solomon has given us here is, but when we lean into the Lord, the path gets straight. It's not you doing it at all, right? It's not you doing it all. It is you deciding to submit to him being in authority, you know, and, and control is a big one. I think, and I know we got to wrap up in a second, but in our, in our current day and age, I think that we are trying to control more and more and more and more, which is why 
we also feel more people feel more out of control than they've ever felt. And I see that. As a pastor, I see that. People feel like there's so many pieces of their country, of their family, of their workplace that's out of control. And I think it's because we're trying to control it, Hmm. you know? Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Wow. Yes, it's, this one's a, this one's a tough one for me, you know, because um, I know that I know that this is one of those pieces where I, I very much struggle. Um, I think it's made me realize how much I tend to fall on the side of like because listening to it's more, it's not really the conversation's not do I can am I a control freak it's what am I control freak right. about and so that verse itself makes me realize while well, I do lean you know, on my own understanding. And that, that's in, and, and then that, that is why we're all children of Eden. You know, that's why we're all children of the garden of Eden. We do lean on our understanding. Yeah. You know, and, and the enemy loves to tempt us in that. And the reason he can tempt us in that is because we like to do it. We like to think that we could be like God, that we could be. In, that's why I was saying earlier that it's such a, a glimpse into what we're trying to do is really we're trying to be like God, right? It roots all the way back. Uh, to t- that's what we kind of like to do. We want to be in charge. And so, you know, it's there for absolutely everybody. Even if you're listening right now and you're not a Christ follower, th- this is still happening in your heart. The, the problem is th- the thing that you're going to face if you don't know Jesus is that you don't have the power to do anything about it without him. But in him, you do have the power to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Well, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, to... thank you so much. We really appreciate you. This is yeah. our last episode in the single digits. The next one will be double digits. Yeah, you got a big. We have an anniversary coming up. Our anniversary. First it's that. our anniversary. Anniversary. And you probably don't know that song, but anyway, I was just trying to click to the beat. You were okay. you were doing it pretty good, but thank I can't you. sing. So appreciate it. Yeah, don't forget. Just a quick little thing to make your day better. Go back and listen to this thing on slow. Slow it, and you'll down. hear me drunk. <laughs> having a bad day just yeah. slow Adam down and that's sound it drunk for it'll you. sound great you'll love it <laughs> well make sure to tune into tomorrow I mean not tomorrow next week's episode um, where we'll be going over how do we surrender in the midst of us wanting to take control as humans constantly yep so and there's some there's some ways and some things that you can do that'll help you know when you need to surrender specific things so we'll talk through that next week sweet we'll see y'all next week thank you guys love y'all bye thanks for joining us on the messy walk podcast with pastor adam cook make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each wednesday have a great week